I'm Ainsley Earhart. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Katie Pavlich, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, May 27th, 2022. I'm Lisa Brady. They're not invisible wounds of war anymore. Today, you'll meet the warrior couple helping veterans take that first step toward healing. And that's really critical is people like Tom stepping up and saying, hey, war affected me, but I can get to the other side of it. And the more people that share that, the less people feel alone in it. And it's critical. I'm Chris Foster. The actor Gary Sinise is back as host of the National Memorial Day concert at the Capitol. We want not only the National Memorial Day concert to remind everybody and, and of the sacrifices that have been made by our fallen, but we want them to know that sacrifices have been made by many of our living veterans and that we should reach out and touch them and help them. And I'm Tom Shalou. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. One of America's most elite warriors, someone who led countless high-profile missions, including the capture of Saddam Hussein as part of the Army's Delta Force, remembers vividly the day he nearly took his own life, gun in hand. I remember feeling very, very sad, but very calm. And then I got more and more terrified because I knew I was going to do it. But retired Command Sergeant Major Tom Satterley eventually answered one of many messages from Jen, who's now his wife, putting his gun away that day in 2013 and later beginning a new kind of mission to help himself and other veterans. He tells the story in a Fox News Digital Originals feature, also explaining the moment during an infamous firefight in Somalia when he thinks his complex PTSD began. I just dropped a grenade on somebody who was crawling up on me to try to kill me. The gunfire was outside was getting louder and louder and my team leader popped in and and you could hear the convoy trying to make it to us with all the gunfire going off. And I asked him, I go, are they going to make it? Are they going to get to us? And, it, you know, his answer was, I don't know. And he turned around and left. Satterley says he figured then that he would die. And he calls it the switch that flipped him into the off position. But after surviving, life became a battle, a struggle he willingly shares in the hope of saving others. Yeah, I think it's the absolute... Um definition of our foundation. I didn't study it. I lived it. I fought through it and it wasn't easy. Tom and Jen together created the All Secure Foundation. It was multiple modalities of healing that um, took that, multiple years. That is, is ongoing to this day. Mm-hmm. So we, we actually do it. We film it. We push it out and people see that it's not so scary. And then they reach out and ask us about it. And then they go do that modality of healing. So yeah, it was kind of imperative to to our mission. So I, I started off with anger management. That was number one. It was like, what's my biggest problem? Was it anger? You know, so I, I started off with that, which led to, oh, you're not an alcoholic, you're a problem drinker, and oh, this can stop, and you have post-traumatic stress. And I'm like, well, the Army said I didn't, so, you know, I don't know if I agree with you or not. And I was defensive of that. But that led to another modality of healing of transcendental meditation, which led me to TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation, which led me to the stellate ganglion block shot, which each one of those took off a heavy blanket of something, the heavy weight that held me back from other things and allowed me to do more work of counseling. That's a lot to take on and also to unpack at the same time. That may sound like so much to anyone who's just having trouble even taking that first step to ask for help. But I guess part of the point is, look, there's not 
one problem and there's not one solution, right? And this multifaceted approach can maybe succeed where other approaches have failed. 100%. This is not a, there's not a shot or a pill that we have found that treats PTS. It takes multiple years and multiple modalities of healing. And like you said, every single person on this planet's different. So it's going to show up differently and people need to attack different things first. I want to back up to the way you come at this from different perspectives as a couple, because Tom's decorated service career included surviving what became known as Black Hawk Down in the movie. And Jen had actually started to notice a pattern working as a filmmaker and photographer embedded with special operations forces on training missions. Is that combination of perspectives, is that what's led to a different approach in your programs? I think so. I I was definitely a fish out of water. And and so for me, I was approaching something that was very normalized to them. This was just who we are. We're warriors. And I think being a total outsider to the community, I was able to see some things that maybe when you're in the thick of it, you can't. So I absolutely think that both of us together have. Well, you got a rare spouse view as well. Right. Behind the lines, underneath the curtain, whatever you want to say. And that's what a lot of spouses are jealous of. This your mistress is this military thing that you do that you love so much and we're left behind. She got to see what we do and have that understanding, that, that connection of, oh, hey, spouses, I know what's going on. And, and you're not crazy. It's when she tells them you're not crazy. It's normal to feel the way you feel. Mm. A lot of layers there, though, um, on both sides, for sure. You do focus on combat veterans and special operations, right? Did you feel there weren't enough options for these types of veterans or there weren't enough effective options? Yes and yes. I, <laughs> you know, I think there's there's a ton of organizations that are doing incredible work. We partner with a lot of them. This is an all hands on deck situation that we're in. Special operations, operation tempo had increased so much through the war that we were just seeing really high numbers of people suffering. And frankly, it's the community that Tom was raised up in and, and the community I worked in as well. So that's where our familiarity in our family was. We've never turned anyone away that's called, you know, and, and well, I'm not special ops, but, or I'm a cop, but, but what hamstrings us are the finances runs out at some point. So we have to stop at, you know, at a group of people that we know we can affect. Mm-hmm. These service members are trained to be such warriors as you were, Tom, as, as you are a warrior on multiple levels now, but you talk about feeling worthless before you came so close to taking your own life. Is that feeling one of the common denominators for veterans who need help? I found that to be true, is the loss of hope, the loss of a tribe, a combined driven goal in one direction. And they get out and they don't understand this, the looser environment of, of the civilian world. So they, we hate what we don't understand or we fear it. So we say we hate it. But yeah, it was, it's... Um, yeah, worthiness and unworthiness is probably what we hear most. And for a community that's so tough and so strong... You would think it's quite the opposite. It was surprising to me when I you know, started working alongside special operations, just this really intense drive for perfectionism. I think that feeling of not being loved or worthy comes from not loving ourselves or feeling worthy when we're not doing that thing we were trained to do. So it's just kind of a single-minded, lost thought process that needs to be opened up and expanded that there's more out there to do. One of the things All Secure Foundation does, I know, is work with the family And something I'd never heard before, turning post-traumatic stress into post-traumatic growth. 
um, which sounds very liberating, but also daunting. Yeah, it is. You know, you grow through adversity. You truly do. And those that are brave enough to face this injury, because it's an injury, you can see it. It's no longer the invisible wounds of war. We know you can heal from it. There is a side to the other side of this, and you could get there, but it is a task. And it's not always easy, but it's worth it. I think a good way to look at it is time will pass regardless. And if you do nothing, your post-traumatic stress will get worse. So you can do something during that time. You're going to get to the other side of it. How do you want to feel on this side of it? And is that ultimate goal that post-traumatic growth? That's sort of the end game? It is. It is the acceptance of my past is my past. It's in the rearview mirror, which is a lot smaller than the windshield of the car. So I need to look out the bigger windshield and, and in the direction I'm going. If you live in the past too long, that's just kind of where you die and stay. How do you make these things happen? I know we've talked about different modalities, but how do you make this happen? Do you have retreats? Do you have other activities with family members? Do you do some solo things and some with family? Is it it's kind of a mixture? It is. In fact, we have our retreats coming up starting in two weeks. Uh, we do those with special operation combat couples. Um, we do coaching every single day. That's the bulk of what we do. We do that with several licensed clinical social workers. And so they're going to enter into in a pretty intensive program where we're going to assess and, and try to help you find your best path forward. Because like I said, everyone's unique. Everyone's path might look different. So we really want to treat the individual and the individual family. Memorial Day is a time of tribute, of course. I imagine it could be difficult, though, for a veteran struggling with these issues, especially if they've lost people they served with or if they're having a lot of trouble with civilian life. I want everyone's focus to be on the life that they would want you to live. Those friends that we've lost, I look at it if I lost my life, I would not want my friends sad every year. I want that party every year. Memorial Day, I want you to remember my life, remember me, say my name. But remember how I would want you to live, not live sadly the rest of your lives. You know, mourn, go through the process, and then move on and remember. I know you've helped thousands of veterans already. How many years has the foundation been around now? And do you feel like the effort to raise awareness is breaking through? Are there more veterans willing to ask for help? A hundred percent there is. We were founded, the research part of it was 2016 we became a 501c3 in 17. However, I started working with Tom in 13. So really, it's just been research all along the way. But I will tell you, in 2013 to where we are today, it is getting better. And there are more resources and more people stepping up and more people sharing their story saying, hey, me too. And that's really critical is people like Tom stepping up and saying, hey, war affected me, but I can get to the other side of it. And the more people that share that, the less people feel alone in it. And it's critical. What do you say to someone who is resisting taking that first step? What's your message to them or to those who love them? I talk about the 10,000 pound phone. It's hard to pick it up. You don't want to pick it up. A lot of people pick it up when they're drinking, but then the next day when they're sober, they don't. So I, I get that self-awareness that you're a warrior. If you want to claim that you're a warrior and you're a fighter, then don't, don't stop here. Keep fighting. Never stop fighting, right? The day I stop fighting will be the day that I die. And then it's just because I, I can't fight any longer. But I'm going to continue to fight for what I, I know is good for my family and for me. And that's what I want those words to do as well. Have that perspective and, and self-awareness that you're doing nothing by laying there feeling sorry for yourself. Get up and do something. There's always someone that will help you. How can people help your mission and the All Secure Foundation? 
I think there's a lot of ways to give back, and each and every person has a unique gift and talent. So we always encourage people to come forward and share your ideas with us. How can you help? In what ways do you want to support us? Is it through your talents and your gifts or your business or through a donation or through, you know, sharing your story? So there's many, many ways you can give back to this community. And it's as simple as reaching out to us and letting us know how you want to give back. I think the best way is also to be more curious and less judgmental about what you see. Right. Sit and listen. Instead of judgment up front, listen and understand what people go through. And they're just looking to feel better as well. Absolutely. Is there anything you think is missing from the broader conversation nationally or even globally about this issue of veterans who need help, veteran suicide, the whole broad spectrum of it? I think we need to realize it takes time. You know, here in America, we want it now. We want that pill. We want the shot. We want it now, now, now. We don't have the patience for it. It takes a long time to get to feel this way. It's going to take a long time to change back to a different pattern. We focus on behavioral change because those those behaviors that become muscle memory, the aggression, the violence that we don't realize that we do until someone points it out. You're like, oh, well, then now it takes me time to work on reversing that and change that and being someone else. And as we fail along the way, we need to get back up and keep going because it just takes time. So just be patient with it and be diligent. Well, you're certainly both warriors. And um, just thank you for everything you're doing for all the warriors of the world, because it means a lot. It seems like, you know, there's good progress. So it's great to hear about so many people being helped. People can find out more at allsecurefoundation.org. Yeah, absolutely. Is that right? Yes. Tom and Jen Satterley, thanks again. Thanks for spending some time with us. And go to foxnews.com to listen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is Tom Shalou with your Fox News commentary. Coming up. Gary Sinise has been in and directed dozens of movies, TV shows, and plays. He's won an Emmy, a Tony, a Golden Globe, and Screen Actors Guild Awards, and was nominated for an Oscar for his role as Lieutenant Dan Taylor in Forrest Gump with Tom Hanks. I told you if you were ever a shrimp boat captain that I'd be your first mate. Well, here I am. I am a man of my word. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but don't you be thinking... And I'm going to be calling you sir. That's from Paramount Pictures in 1994. His work with veterans through the Gary Sinise Foundation has earned him more awards than the acting and a lot of gratitude. Since 2006, he's been co-host of the National Memorial Day concert in Washington. There are going to be, uh, you know, some changes because we're coming out of this pandemic. No big crowd still, but after two years of being recorded, it's a live show from the Capitol airing on PBS and streaming on YouTube Sunday night, May 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're very excited to be back on the stage in front of the Capitol, as we always were. Uh, got a great lineup of performers again this year. Uh, great segments. Uh, I, I think it'll be a dynamite show, as it always is. They, the Capitol concerts people really do a, just a superb job in putting it together, and Joe and I are very excited to be back, of course. Yeah, uh, on the west lawn of the Capitol, usually you get you know a half million people, but I guess the big crowds, uh, they're just not ready for that yet. Um, one thing the concert has this year is a tribute to General Colin Powell. He died in October. He was a, he was a friend of the concert. He spoke a few times there. I assume you knew him at least a little bit. No, he was he was part of the concert going back to the beginning. I mean, uh, Colin never missed a show. I mean, not I don't think he ever missed a, a show from going going back to the beginning. And it was always wonderful to see him. He's just a genuinely wonderful person, uh, great leader, obviously. 
and very well spoken. I mean, he he would he would not even rehearse. He'd just come out there and do his thing. <laughs> you know? And uh, he was always really really good at communicating what what he wanted to say. And we're going to miss him. We're we're doing a uh, of course we're doing a wonderful segment uh, to honor him. And he, he's always been such a big part of the show. It's, It'll be different uh, not having him there. But, yeah, you know I'm glad they're they're doing this special tribute to him. Yeah, the actor Dennis Haysbert, the great actor Dennis Haysbert, is going to uh, handle that tribute. Um, there's also a tribute this year to everybody who died or served in Southeast Asia during the Vietnam War. It struck me that the very youngest of those veterans turned 65 this year. I mean, talk about the community there. Is it still is it still strong? Yes, I, I think so very much. I mean. Um, one, one thing, uh, I, I do a lot of events throughout the year uh, with my foundation, and so so many over the years, so many of our events are attend. You know, the Patriot Guard riders are always there, and so many of them are Vietnam veterans who are have dedicated their lives now to ensuring that our returning Iraq and Afghanistan veterans get the support they need because they didn't receive that when they came home. And uh, I have Vietnam veterans in my family. Uh, a lot of a lot of the work that I'm doing today is probably motivated by what happened to our Vietnam veterans way back when. I was I just missed the draft. Uh, I graduated high school in 1973. That's when combat operations ended in Vietnam. But my, I met my future wife, and she introduced me to her brothers. They were Vietnam veterans. Her sister was in the Army and married a Vietnam veteran. So uh, I'm, I'm motivated a lot by trying to ensure that what happened to our Vietnam veterans when they came home just doesn't happen again. We can never turn our back on our service members. They're, they're volunteers. You know, so many of them were drafted, and they they, they didn't necessarily want to go off and fight a war in Southeast Asia, but they did. And then they came home, and they were treated badly, spit on, and the country turned its back on them. And uh, we have to we have to do everything to remember and remind our citizens that uh, you know whether you you agree with the war or not, these are our defenders, and we have to take care of them. Yeah. Uh, people watching the concert, you're going to learn about a military family that lost two sons. One was lost in Iraq, uh, killed by an expo- uh, improvised explosive device. One was a, an ROTC cadet who lost his battle with depression. Uh, do you feel like mental health needs have been more out in the open for veterans since you started getting involved with vet causes all those years ago? Yes, I, I do. And there's a, you know, uh, there's a lot of focus on it. I, I don't think enough but um I, I i know a lot of people that are focused on this we have uh, mental wellness uh, initiatives at the gary sneeze foundation uh where we're, we're focusing on sending uh many of our afghanistan and iraq veterans uh into retreats and and various clinics uh wellness clinics that we have that and that are offering services free of charge if somebody needs them, you know, any veteran listening who feels like uh, maybe they could use something uh, can go to the Gary Sinise Foundation website, GarySiniseFoundation.org, and reach out to us. We want them to know. And every year, we uh, on the National Memorial Day concert, we do make announcements uh, to all our veterans. And if they're 
you know, feeling lost or alone, uh, there are places that you can turn for services. And we want we want not only the National Memorial Day concert to remind everybody and, and of the sacrifices that have been made by our fallen, but we want them to know that sacrifices have been made by many of our living veterans and that we should reach out and touch them and help them. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the foundation, you guys just moved to Tennessee. Uh, was that someplace you wanted to be personally or was, was there a practical decision? Uh, I decided to uh, move the family. Uh, you know, I asked my wife and she was into the idea and then, then I went to my daughter who's got three grandbabies and said uh, if I wanted to move to someplace like Nash- Nashville would you would you want to do that because we wouldn't leave without the grandbabies sure. and the family and my daughter was all over it she she loved the idea so they're actually there now we're still uh, you know we're st- we still have quite a bit to finish up here in California but the foundation uh, offices are under construction there and uh, a lot of the team is up and running and uh in Nashville right now. We'll get there eventually. I see you got surprised with a new Lieutenant Dan Van the other day, not your you know regular grocery ride. It's for, you know, to get vets to events and things like that, but it, it's pretty sweet. It's a nice wrap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we have uh, uh, our San Diego chapter here. We have, we have a couple of chapters, and we're opening chapters around the country. Uh, one chapter in Florida, one chapter in, in San Diego right now. And uh, that van kind of lives with the chapter folks in in San Diego. Uh, we have a, you know, it's a big military community there. I've been going down there for years doing things, and uh, the foundation has done many things and continues to do many things. In fact, just the other night we had uh, 1,200 Marines at Marine Corps Air Station Miramar uh, in the Bob Hope Theater there. Uh, where we hosted uh, them for dinner and the screening of Top Gun Maverick. I think they they might be some of the first people to, to see the the new uh, Tom Cruise movie. So and and they were just thrilled and we lifted them up and the Lieutenant Dan Van was there and they were taking pictures with it and it's uh, it's something that's going to be um, part of that community. Yeah, I see uh, the Lieutenant Dan Band has a few dates booked this summer. Anything new in the set list? Do you, do you mix it up? Over the, are there songs you hear and you feel like learning and playing on stage? Or do you just kind of stick with what you got? Well, we know about 80 songs. We can only play about 22 of them. <laughs> we, we usually play a two-hour show. It's about 22 songs. Um, and we know, you know, so we draw from a lot of tunes that we played in the past. And then occasionally uh, when we have uh, rehearsal time, we will, you know, learn some new things and, and throw them in. We're always doing that kind of thing, mixing it up a little bit. But there are certain certain songs that are always in our show. And they're just part of the show. Well, Gary, um, I'll let you go. Uh, of Mice and Men, by the way, 30 years ago this year, uh, you directed, starred, produced. Um, it's the first time I saw you. I assume that's a lifetime ago for you, right? 30 years. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. In fact, right around now, 30 years ago, I was at the Cannes Film Festival in France with Malkovich and 
uh, and uh, Alan Ladd uh, Jr. of MGM, and we were all over there, and we had a big screening. It was it was a great, great night. And then the movie opened in October of 92. You're right. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gary Sinise, co-host of the National Report. Wow. Well, I, I, if you hadn't realized it, maybe uh, I'll send you on a nostalgia trip uh, today. Uh, Gary Sinise, co-host of the National Memorial Day concert, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on PBS, streaming on YouTube. Gary, good to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks so much. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Rate and review the Fox News Rundown on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And now, some good news with Tanya J. Powers. It's that time of year when students don their caps and gowns and march across stages across the U.S., picking up their diplomas and posing for photos. Proud friends and family members gather to watch this process play out in crowded gymnasiums, auditoriums, football fields, and arenas, cheering loudly for their graduate despite the pleas to hold applause to the end. I recently sat in one of those crowds, and I was quite intrigued by the decorations some of the grads had adorned their mortarboard hats with. You know, the square graduation hat with a tassel. Graduation day for the Southwest Tennessee Community College Class of 2022 was held outside at the Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium in Memphis, Tennessee. And from the stands, you could see hats with feathers, some with bright colors, flowers, you name it. So when the last degree had been awarded, I set out to talk to those grads with the creative hat. Can you describe what's on your hat for me? It's like feathers and diamonds on it. Feathers and diamonds. Because it it matches my dress. I became an RN, so it has RN on it. And then I work for um, IMCU with pediatrics. I put what what, what specialty I'm working on. PTK for honors. So um, it's the International Honor Society. It says, I got to take it off to see. I know it says be kind and be humble. Okay, it says she turned her cans into a can and her dreams into plans. Why did you pick this the same? Because I've been struggling throughout the whole, you know, school semester and I just feel like I had turned all, everything around by just going to school. And you did it. Yes, I did. So I'm a forensic biotechnician, so I have a cold case, I mean, closed case, and then there's caution tape. Nevertheless, she persisted. And why did you pick this saying? Because it was a long and circuitous journey to this moment. How many years has it taken you? I started at State Technical Institute at Memphis in 1990. You did it. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Tom Shalou. What's on your mind? Getting ready for Memorial Day weekend. We're outside. It's nice weather. And I just think I might not be qualified to talk about Memorial Day. I mean, what do I know? I used to go to the Memorial Day parade as a kid. That was the sad one. You know, we always had the parades in my hometown in Norwood, Massachusetts. We had the 4th of July parade. We had the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Then there was the sad one. It was more somber. It ended at the cemetery, and we saluted the troops. But 
I never served in uniform. My father-in-law did, though. Anthony Belvedere. Tell me, Anthony Belvedere, I think you served in Germany. Is that right? Yes, I did. Uh, you were over there. Did you go over by boat, by plane? How'd you get there? We went over by boat. Ten days crossed the North Atlantic. Ended up in Bremerhaven, Germany. And I served uh, 19 months in Germany. And I was an army medic. Listen, I just poured him a beer. Anthony Belvedere, thank you for your service. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tom Shalhoub. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.